welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Hey, thanks for joining me, my friends. We're looking forward to another great conversation. I've got my good friend, David Renault back, and uh, we are going to have a good time. Uh, you might have caught our two-part uh, discussion on building a healthy volunteer culture, and uh, we had we had just a great time recording those two podcasts. And we're back for a third episode, and this time we're going to flip to some Kidmin 101. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about five things every kid ministry leader should know and should have a part in. This really is overall, in some ways, part of our healthy leaders, but it's also part of our Kidmin Basics series of podcasts and blogs. And so if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, we would love for you to take a minute or two and uh, jump on that because what that does is it helps us get more exposure to to the ministry world. And so Mormon leaders can hear about the Kid Ministry Collective and the podcast. And if you haven't joined the Facebook group, come join us over there, but be sure to answer all the membership questions. Yes, we actually do decline with feedback. So if you apply and you don't get in, check your message thing because you've probably been told, hey, you got to answer all the questions. We're leaders. We should be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Enough with all the housekeeping stuff. David, welcome back, yeah. my brother, to the KMC. Hey, it's great to be back. And uh, hopefully we can be shorter winded this time. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Full disclosure. The reason why it was a two parter was wasn't planned to be a two parter is because Tom forgot to set the timer and we yeah. just got lost in the conversation. And right. uh, so it we split it. And we're going to uh, call this a part three, but we're going to see what happens. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This might be. Yeah. Well, this might be. Yeah, it might be part three of, you know, no. Yeah, the, we don't this know. Is a, this is a fresh conversation. So it anyway, is. but um, well, let's let's start off, obviously, with the why. Um, why are mm-hmm. we doing this? And and why do you think it's important uh, that leaders are learners? Because, they, you know, we we say it. And lots of leaders like to go to conferences and they like to read mm-hmm. books, but why is it important? And um, the other part of this is, is should leaders, kid ministry leaders always be just focused on just learning about kids ministry? Mm. That's a great, that's a great thought there. I that When you say leaders are learners, I'm really reminded of Maxwell's quote that he says, leaders are readers. And uh. And really his idea with the readers is that you're continually learning that you're, and, and if you're learning, then you're growing because yes. if you just, the, that whole idea that, that Malcolm Gladwell put out is that you got to put in your 10,000 hours. It's not just 10,000 hours of just doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's the, I'm spending 10,000 hours of continual improvement I'm trying to get better at this. And so if you can, if you, yeah, you can do 10,000 kids services, but if you're just doing the same thing you were doing at the first time, like you're, you're not necessarily going to improve. You're, right. you're, you're actually acting a little crazy. 
uh, because the <laughs> definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And so you're constantly tweaking, you're taking feedback, you're looking at feedback, you're learning about things uh, and seeing how you can improve. And then the, the the second part of your question, which I thought was really interesting, where you asked the um, read outside of Kidman, mm -hmm. is that while I love the Kidman books and all that stuff, there's a lot more to children's ministry than just teaching kids. Yes. And you need to learn organizational skills and leadership skills uh, and uh and volunteer skills and you got to learn all those things and and even like bis basic business practices uh yes. you know i've i've read like scaling up by Vern harnish and entree leadership by dave ramsey you know these are these are books that have helped me understand like how do i run this ministry and not necessarily as a business but like from an organizational standpoint and like how do we move and how do we push things forward and so if you yep. want to have a better ministry a more effective ministry there are people outside of our discipline of kidmen that can still speak into us and help us to become better yeah i think one of the biggest mistakes i made early on and i think i see it in other leaders too is that they get tunnel vision when it comes to learning mm -hmm. and you need to go outside of the box uh, and become a student of life and mm -hmm. of culture. And you need to go to places and go to things and read things that are outside of the scope. Like you said, um, learning how to manage, you know, I mean, teams from a business perspective, um, there's a lot of great business leaders out there that have done that creativity. There are a ton of books, uh, you know, while I don't always agree with everything about Disney, there are some of their Imagineers that have written books on the mm -hmm. creative process and thinking, uh, design thinking, uh, mm -hmm. is another topic that, that I learned from an Imagineer that I've started digging into more that has helped me with bigger strategy and structure, um, so yeah, I, I agree. I think I, I do love Maxwell, you know, when he, you know, obviously he's a business coach more than anything now, um, right. but from a Christian perspective, but yeah, he's always talking about the idea of, you know, you need to get outside and you need to broaden your horizons. And, yeah. and, uh, it's, I, I made that mistake early on where I, I went to only children's ministry conferences when they finally started happening. I mean, when I first started, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a dinosaur. Uh, they didn't, they didn't have, there wasn't much there. And so they just had general ministry conferences. Mm -hmm. Um, and you occasionally found somebody talking about a kid ministry topic. Um, but I went to leadership. I went to stuff that was, uh, you know, senior leaders were going to because I wanted yeah. to learn and I wanted to be thinking strategically. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I think, I think, uh, leaders need to do that and they need to get outside the box. Yeah. I think we're in a total agreement there. I, I think yeah. why it's important because it makes you think differently. Mm -hmm. And if there's ever a time in our ministry world right now, ministry life right now with this new now, as I say, I don't think we're still, I still don't think we're normal yet. Um, no, I, uh, as badly as, you know, and, and I, again, I've, I've talked about this on other episodes of it's sad how many churches just rushed back to what they were doing pre-COVID. Oh, and yeah. they never, they had so many good things and so many innovative things coming. They had to learn. <laughs> and yes, we reacted. 
And it just proves we reacted and not responded because we went right back to, to the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's one of those kind of things that, that, uh, I wish people would really reevaluate, you know, especially in mm-hmm. ministry world of why, why did we rush back to that? And did we, mm-hmm. should we have, um, and maybe we should have stopped some of those programs for good that we stopped during COVID and, mm-hmm. and, you know, do we really need to start that? And learners ask those kind of questions. Yeah. Um, great leaders ask those kind of questions and you won't get those kind of questions if you stay in your own box. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so, all right. Well, yeah. we came up with five things, uh, that we wanted to talk about, um, during this episode. And mm-hmm. one of the first things we wanted to dive into, which we both feel is, uh, I know is very, very important. And that's yeah. why we're, it's the first thing we're going to talk about is the idea of never compromising our relationship with God or our time with God. Mm-hmm. Let's let, tell me why, why do you feel so strongly about that? What, what, uh, what I, I, feel that, to you? I feel like this is so important because for me, like, you know, I was a Christian a long time before I became a pastor. And then, and so I already had like the disciplines in place of like, this is what it means to follow Jesus. And this is the, this is how I read the Bible. And this is how I pray and do all that stuff. But then uh, after being in ministry for a year or two, I was given an intern and I had to train them on how to do children's ministry. And I spent a lot of time teaching him how to do organizations and how here's how to develop the curriculum and teaching him all that. But what I did not teach him was how was to make sure that he keeps his relationship with God up front, that that he keeps that as the number one thing to him. Well, then I left and he succeeded me and took over the children's ministry. Uh, and then it just it got really bad. And, you know, we've all heard these horrific nightmarish stories and and he has one of those. Wow. Um, but as a result of that, he eventually left the faith. And, and he's no longer a Christian. And, mm-hmm. and then the, I'm not taking all the blame on myself on that. However, I, I do have to go back and ask myself the question, if I had talked to him about his relationship with God, or did, first, when I was training him like face to face, when he was sitting in my office or, or when we were on the phone and he's talking about the nightmare situations that he's going through, if I had said like, have you talked to God about this? How is yeah. your prayer life? How's your devotional life look like? I feel like that maybe he would have had a better chance to maintain his relationship with God. Mm. And, and so the way I like to think about it is, is that you were a Christian and a follower of Jesus before you got into ministry. You will be a Christian and a follower of Jesus when your time in ministry comes to an end and God is with you in there in between. And we can get so busy doing the work of the ministry that we forget to actually be ministered to yes. and to keep that relationship with God walking us through this whole time. Yep. I think one of the most dangerous things leaders do is when you you use ministry conferences to refill your bucket. Mm-hmm. If you walk into them and boy, I got to be careful how I say this because it's going to come across as an old curmudgeon, but I, I really say this in love, brothers and sisters listening to this. If you walk into a conference and you are so spiritually dry and that, that, you know, 
there's a problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I understand coming into a ministry conference season where you're tired and you're worn out a little bit, but if mm-hmm. you're using ministry conferences as your spiritual fix, yeah, um, that's dangerous. It's, it's just it's not, not healthy. No, and, it's, it's like fasting for 30 days and then uh-huh. eating and then going to Golden Corral and gorging yourself and then going yep. for another 30 days. Your yep. body, your your soul is not designed yes. to live yeah. that way. And and I think what people are calling burnout right now is a spiritual drought. Mm-hmm. It's They're not burned out. They're dried out. Mm-hmm. Um. And I see this a a lot, especially with my work with restoring leaders and helping leaders. One of the things that we talk about, you know, because I'll ask them, you know, do you feel like you're burned out? Oh, you know, and a lot of people, yes, yeah. Well, when we start drilling down and we start looking deeper into some of the heart, we realize it's it's a dry out, not a a burnout. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, dry out will ultimately lead you to a burnout. Um, it can lead you to a wipeout. (laughs) You can Mm -hmm. totally blow everything in your ministry world and your personal world up by, by doing that. So I, I really feel like, I mean, in this, this could be one whole episode on, Mm -hmm. on its own. I just, I, you know, one of the things I've encouraged leaders and and I'm going to have a workshop on this coming up, uh, in the, the restoring leaders, Facebook group is Mm -hmm. talking about practicing the principles, um, and the principles of stillness, silence, solitude mm-hmm. are so undervalued and underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us leaders are talkers, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hence the one hour podcast recording. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> but 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 we have a hard time sitting in silence and, yeah. and being still. Mm-hmm. And um and we really don't practice even Sabbath and rest yeah. correctly. So, you know, those are things that I think if you have, if you're going to have one, you know, we say, you know, our, what are your priorities? Oh, it's God, family, ministry. Prove it by your calendar. Um, yeah. You do, you, know, do you live that out? Yeah. Yep. Do you have that scheduled time with, with God? I think that's, I think that's super important. So, so what are you, before we hop to the second question, I want to follow up on that. What are some things that you do personally? to make sure that you don't get dried out, that, mm. you know, you're leading in and out. What are some things that you do to, to keep your cup full so that you can fill out your, or you can serve out of your overflow instead of just constantly emptying? Yeah. Well, um, honestly, it's, it's learning how to do those practices. I mm-hmm. have a regular practice of what I call shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a day where I block an hour or two or three. Sometimes it depends on where I'm, where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, and how busy my season's been, but I will block a period of time. Um, I try to get out of my house, out of my office. I go someplace quiet. I take a, a very small bag. Um, in fact, I'll show people that are watching the YouTube version. Oh, of this. look at that. I have my restoring you. leader sling bag um, that if you come on a retreat or you we get, we have a retreat kit that you actually get one of these. This is designed small, and I purposely did this so I could have a Bible, a journal, uh, a bottle of water, some snacks, Mm -hmm. and this is where I bug out. I call it the bug out bag Mm because I go bug out with Jesus. And so one of the practices Mm -hmm. I have is shutting up and listening. I will take that bag. 
I will go sit someplace. Uh, we've got these beautiful gardens um, that have these beautiful walking paths and benches throughout, and and it's not very populated usually. So I can mm-hmm. go sit out there. I, I'll, I'll go. I love water, so finding a small lake and going and sitting, um, and and um, you know, it's just sometimes it's just as I just go in my backyard on my back deck because I have nothing but woods behind me and I can sit there and no music. The phone's on airplane mode and it's just my Bible and, and my father. And I think that is one of the best practices that I've started. I, Mm -hmm. I need to do it more. I will confess. I don't do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times and I have, I have a couple of accountability partners who will ask me, Hey, when have, when have you done your last solitude day? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, Ooh, you know what? It's been a month. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how fast it can, it can slide by if we don't schedule the time to do it. So I think that's one of my biggest keys is I schedule these days. Now, mm-hmm. um, I make sure at least once a quarter, I have something, but I'm getting to the point where I want it once a month minimum where I've, I'm dedicating two to three hours just for me and and so that I can be a human being and not a human mm-hmm. being. Oh, yeah. That's great. That's great. For me, I, I read in my Bible every day. I had to set up the, the, the street, the reminder in the Bible app to remind me to yeah. read the Bible every day. <laughs> um, I got over a thousand day streak now, so I'm excited about there that. There you go. The, uh, read my Bible every day. Um, I journal once a week. I make sure I listen to at least one sermon. So um, as much as I wanted it to be my senior pastor, uh, the, the, the podcast of my church wasn't that consistent. But, you know, yeah. so I found I found some other pastors that I really enjoyed listening to. So um, I listened to those on Friday, not Friday, on Monday. The, you know, there's like, okay, that's, that's my sermon for the week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm listening to worship music and and spending time in worship with that. Um, and then, you know, it's harder when you first start out in ministry and, and even at the churches, only the church that I was at for seven years where I was able to get into adult service consistently, but that's still, there's still a value in trying to get to service so that you can be fed and not, you can go in and enjoy the worship without having to, to worship corporately without having to like be in charge of everything that's happening. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So, um, we talk about the that that's we definitely should have that relationship with God but now let's talk about like children's ministry and the dirty secret of children's ministry is that it's not just the kids that we actually lead three different groups of people so what are what are those type, what are those three people that we lead Tom and and why yeah. is it important well um and if people listen to to the previous episodes they heard you even mention this the the the, the three really are you're going to lead your kids you're mm-hmm. going to lead your volunteers. You're going to lead your parents. Um, mm-hmm. And you really do need to know what each group needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to know people. And it, you you said this. I'll take your words that okay. a lot of us got into children's ministry because we wanted to teach kids. We like mm-hmm. teaching kids. We like having fun. We like dressing up in costumes and playing with puppets and doing object lessons. And, you know, mm-hmm. we like s- storytelling and we we don't realize until the curtain gets pulled back that oh we've got to lead our our volunteer teams which means figuring out how do we disciple them how do we serve them how do we encourage them how do we equip them 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot right there. I mean, there's another mm-hmm. whole episode on just doing those things, which we'll get to uh, in yeah. one of our series coming up. <laughs> um, but then you have the parents. And how do you help parents be the lead discipler in their home? when, mm-hmm. Especially when you have a group of a generation, a couple of generations of parents who are believers, but no one ever personally discipled them. Uh, this is one of the biggest failures, I think, of the church mm-hmm. today, the capital C church, is we've led people to Christ. We've got lots of decisions. We've got lots of people getting baptized. But when it comes to discipleship, we've assumed small groups, aka social groups, mm-hmm. um, life groups, um, are doing the discipleship when really the people that are even leading those have never been personally discipled because the church yeah. kind of lost that. So as a leader, you, you're you're looking at all of that going, and that can feel totally overwhelming, mm-hmm. but. There are ways to do it in simple ways and in, in encouraging ways. And and again, that we don't have time, unfortunately, to dive too far into that part. But yeah. I, I think it's understanding. And you know what? I would even add a fourth one. Hmm. It's you're also leading up. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're you're going to also have to lead up because no matter what where, you know, how big your staff is, you're going to actually lead your senior leaders too, because you're going to help them learn how to advocate for children's ministry. You're going to help them. You're going to lead them into a direction of why this is a priority and why this should be resourced and why this should be talked about. So mm-hmm. I would add a fourth one in there. Yeah. Um, what's your input on, on that kind of I, thing? How, how would you view this? I think, I think, yeah, it's definitely the four people. I look at those, the four groups of people. I look at those three, three groups and that, what I like to think about is like with the kids, we can be wild and crazy and stuff, but they're, when you're working with volunteers and you're working with the parents and you're working with even the staff that you, there has to be a level of professionalism that you need to do. Mm. Uh, and so me as the kids pastor, a lot of times I would dress nicer than what I required my volunteers to dress as. Yeah. Um, and that, that was again, to produce that, uh, to, to, present that air of professionalism that I was like, they're wearing t-shirts, but I'm going to wear a collared shirt. Uh, and and it, it's still themed. It's still there. And if yep. I'm going to be the character, I'm the care I'm in that character for that moment. And then what, and then I step out of that character and now I'm the, now I'm the leader in the room because there's so many times with children's ministry, we can be the clown. And that's why we got into this because of the clown, but they're still professional clowns. And so there, you know, that there's a time we're like, okay, we're it's time to be silly, and there's a time, there's a time to be serious with with that. And the when you're leading in children's ministry, you are only working with your children two hours a week, right. maybe. Because if you have a Sunday morning and a Wednesday night, those services are an hour and a half. You might be able to get up to three hours. Now, if you get like a Sunday night service and you get to do something else, you might have something, but the the point is, is that it's a very small fraction of your time is actually spent with children. The more yes. of your time is going to be spent with other staff, with the working with the parents and working with the volunteers. And so what I would suggest in this time is that uh, what you need to do is you need to set out your calendars. You talked before, like with Jesus, you set up your calendar and you plan events when you're looking at your events. It's yeah. like, what are these events that you're going to do? What are these um uh, what are the things that you can do to help disciple the parents that you can help work with the volunteers? Uh, and Tom, if it's okay, I, I, 
one of the things I'm doing is I'm going to do a calendar workshop here in, yeah. on, on September 28th. And I'm going to talk about how to create your calendar mm-hmm. and talk about how do we put those types of events into our calendar to make sure that we have the best year that we can to lead all these groups. That is really good because that's going to lead me into our third topic um, of how do we lead ourselves well so that we can lead others. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I'm going to go first on this. Yeah, I feel like I struggled with leading myself and calendaring. Um, so I'm glad that you've got a, a, a thing for that because a workshop for that, because I think that'll be really, really good for people to sign up for and, and attend. I'm probably going to have to do that myself. Um, <laughs> because I, I'm preaching all the time about to when I, when I, again, when doing KMC coaching, um, one of the things that I work with with leaders on is is figuring out your rhythm. And I mm-hmm. think if you're going to lead yourself well so that you can lead others, you have to find a rhythm. You have to find a sustainable pace or what I call mm-hmm. a godly sustainable pace because yeah. part of that is not only managing time and tasks um, and a to-do list and all of those kind of things. Those are great, but you mm-hmm. also have to lead yourself in a pace that, has spiritual time that has shut up and listen time that has mm-hmm. time for worship um that has time for learning that has time for discipleship of others um you know again i man i just read a heartbreaking uh post that went around on facebook the other day um about a pastor who's quitting everything mm-hmm. you know walking mm-hmm. away from ministry and he explained why of just how burned out he is and how how frustrated from trying to manage people and having people try to manage him and try to juggle calendars and family events and this and this. and it got so much to the point of he's just he's like i'm done i'm i'm walking away and i'm like man mm-hmm. that's probably that's part of why restoring leaders exists is to right. prevent that kind of thing because i think there is a way that you can do it healthy um and i think what you're talking, what you just mentioned about a calendaring is, is a huge piece. Um, mm-hmm. because if you don't manage your, yourself well, um, you're not going to, to do that. The other part is if you're not leading yourself, why would God add to your numbers and give you more volunteers to lead? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you're not faithful in the little, we see that principle in scripture. Jesus himself talked about you got to be faithful in the little things in order to get the bigger things. Right. So if you're not faithful in leading yourself, if you're not leading yourself well, if you're not taking care of your health, um, eating mm-hmm. right, sleeping right, you know, all those kind of things too. Um, yeah. Why would God give you a massive group of people to lead when you're going to burn them out or dry yeah. them out <laughs> or whatever? <laughs> right. So, yeah. so what have you done to help lead yourself? Well, what have you learned about leading that? I, I think, uh, I, I think it's that discipline of like, we're going to put these daily disciplines in ourselves. We're going to put these weekly disciplines of these, these are the things that I need to do, uh, in order to remain, in order to remain healthy. And, uh, and so it's a lot about having your priorities. I spent a lot of time in my early years of ministry of, of working on what are my priorities? What are these five, six things that are the most important thing to me and what order do they need to be in? And then, and then as I've worked on those priorities and I would look at them every single week and say, okay, these are my priorities. How am I doing? Am I living these priorities out? 
Uh, and what that looks like for me today is that now when I sit down and I make my, I'm a huge list guy. Uh, I love, I love to do lists. Um, there, I love, I'm one of those people that writes down, like I did something that wasn't on my to-do list and I'll write it on my to-do list just to check it off to say like, <laughs> Oh, look, I did something today. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm just that one of those people. And so what I'll do is I'll sit down with my to-do list and on, at the beginning of the week and I'll say, okay, these are the things that I need to do on Monday. And this is the order in which I need to accomplish them according to my priorities and, and do those things. Because the, in children's ministry and ministry in general, you be, you can become so overwhelmed with everything that needs to be done that that you do get to that burnout. And as a person who's, I've burned out two and a half times in, in, my, ministry, in, my, in my life, that like mm. you get so overwhelmed in this that it's like, oh, how do I do that? How can I get all this done? And it's like, okay, we're just going to do this one thing. And then if we can do this one thing, then we're going to move on to the, ne- to the next thing. And it just kind of builds. And so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and, and we put those things. And it's that if you can lead yourself that as a children's pastor, as a minister, you are a public figure that yes. people look at you. And if you, what you want to do is you want your internal life to match your external life. Cause you can get out there and you can fake it uh, you can get out there and you can fake it all day long, but if you fake it, eventually you're just going to wear yourself out. So you got to make sure that your internal life matches your external life. And by you doing that, mm, you're doing good. those disciplines of you're eating right, you're exercising, you're keeping your your spiritual life with, with Christ uh, in place. Uh, and so that you are doing the things you need to do so that when people look at your life, because they're watching you, yes. that, that what you say is also what you're doing. Mm. That's big. That's big. I hope what? <laughs> you ought to be you ought to be taking notes and and saying, are you evaluating on a daily and a weekly basis? Mm-hmm. You know how well are you leading? And yeah, um, is everything on your plate? Should it be on your plate? Um, yeah, ministry ministry is a marathon. I I'm a runner. Yes, uh, we we were talking about we were talking about this before. Yes, I think it was you are. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> and and the when you're like today I did sprints okay and so I ran I ran at mile pace like this is how fast I can run for a mile I ran that for 30 seconds and then I braked for a minute and so that's that's what I could do because if I tried to run mile pace for 10 for 6 miles I oh. would die it is yeah. it is physically impossible for me to do but <laughs> on Saturday I ran 6 miles but I also ran it at a much slower pace. I ran it, I ran it at 10K pace. And so the like those numbers are significantly different. But so when we you take that ministry, that running marathon, I mean that running metaphor, that's the words I'm looking for, the running yeah. metaphor, <laughs> and you apply that to ministry, what is a pace that is sustainable for yes. you? Yes. And there are some times where you're gonna ramp it up. Like yep. summertime for kids ministry, yep. summertime is insanity. Okay, well then you need to have an on ramp onto that, and yes. you need to have an off ramp of like, yes. okay, you're going nuts between June and August. Well, September needs to be chill, and May needs to be kind of chill, you know, that, so that you can kind of ride that curve. Because if you just keep going up and up and up, you are eventually. And that the second time I burned out, that's what happened. Yep. I was I was supposed to take that down ramp after the summer and I didn't. I ramped it up higher. And so when January came, when Easter rolled around the next year, I was like, I'm done. I can't do this. Right. Anymore. Right. That's 
yeah, I'm obviously I'm not a runner, but I only run if 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 something's chasing me that something's wants chasing. to eat me. Um, <laughs> otherwise, uh, I'm like, nope, no, thank you. It reminds um, me of my dad always said, and said, you don't have to outrun the bear; you just have to outrun your friend. Yep, that's it. <laughs> you just got to outrun one. That's it. That's it. That's just, oh that's my! So anyway, well, one of the things that's helped me keep a sustainable pace is my community. Oh yeah. Um, and, you know, we don't have a ton of time left in this episode, so, but we and we still got two things to cover here. Oh, my God. So let's dive into this. Um, when it comes to community, um, how do how do you find because I know I've had people ask, how do we find community? Because, yeah. yes, people are joining Facebook groups. The Community Collective, we're over 5,000 people. We are not anywhere near the largest group. There's other Facebook groups that are bigger than we are. Yeah. But one of the things that I love about the community in the Kidministry Collective is it is an active community. We have a, a good amount of people that are are engaged. We have a lot of people, sadly, that come into Facebook groups and they're they're just there. They they've joined yeah. the group, but they very rarely contribute. Um so community is important. We all agree about that. So how do we build community? Um that's not on Facebook because Facebook mm-hmm. just isn't a place that really, I mean, we call it a kid ministry collective community. We believe mm-hmm. in it. Um, it's, it is valuable, but it's not the best community to have. So what do you do? What, what does community look like for you? Well, f- full disclosure, I am not the best at this. So this <laughs> is that if you were to list, this is a weakness of mine, the, of building that community and that person to person community. I, but I think it still comes to it. You got to make yourself available you got to make yourself give yourself time to schedule out that time. Just like, okay, I'm going to make this effort because when we're in school and we're in college, it's easy to have friends because we're all the same age. We're all going through the same thing. Sometimes you live in the same room, you know, it's built (laughs) in there. And then when you get into like church world, you are there in a place that, and especially if you transfer to a new church that you you haven't been in, like you got to build community around you because now yes. you're part of this congregation. So you need to make yourself available. Go to find a small group that's not, that you're not leading. Go be a part of that small group or find, you know, when you go to these conferences, network some other people or join a coaching group. Like Thomas talked about several yeah. uh, that, he, that he does. Um, our friend, Jim Weideman, he does coaching groups. That's how we yep. met. Yeah, uh, in, in those in those coaching groups, it's it's more than as much as I love Facebook groups, and I'm a top contributor in a lot of them. Yep. <laughs> the, the, yep. As much as I love those groups, it's that person to person, face to face that we talk more about. I got a, another kids ministry friend, and all we talk about is Star Trek because we're both huge Trekkies, and we're <laughs> just very, it's a golden age of Star Trek. If you all know this, it's a wonderful, and that's all we <laughs> we just text back and forth about Star Trek, and that's what we care about. Uh, and so we can still talk about children's ministry. Whatever. Yeah, we do that every now and then. But also it was like, did you watch this last episode? And yeah. so that that help just making yourself available and like taking the step to send a message and just, you know, and I was like, hey, can we get lunch? Can we get coffee? Or just like, hey, just send a Facebook message. How you doing? And then that starts that conversation and builds it. Going. Yeah, I think that's it is crucial. I mean, everywhere I've gone, I've moved a lot. Um, I've been in multiple different states. But one of the best things I've ever done in every state I've been in is I found four or five leaders that 
just would be willing to get together. And sometimes, I mean, and sometimes it's a grind and sometimes it takes a couple tries. You don't always click the first couple of tries, but I just started inviting people. Hey, can we go, go, go do lunch? I started trying one-on-one. Um, then we, we get a friendship going. Then we say, Hey, who else do you know that needs this kind of community? And sometimes it took a, a year or two. Um, but we stuck at it. And, uh, when I was up in Michigan, uh, and I was serving as a youth and children's pastor, I had a group of youth pastors who I couldn't get children's ministry leaders together, which was mm. sad. Um, of course, there wasn't a ton of them around either. Right. But I got a group of eight, nine youth pastors. We, we met once a month uh, for lunch. Um, it was either bring your own or the host um, would provide and everybody would throw a few bucks in the plate. Um, and, and we would, we would meet at each other's churches. Sometimes we, there was a Christian camp that would allow us to come and use their kitchen and, and, or we would bring food and we could hang out at the camp. Um, and, and we would, we'd spend time just catching up. We would spend time in prayer. We would spend time joking around. Sometimes we planned events together. Um, and, or, I was having a struggle planning an event and I needed some brainstorming and they would help me whiteboard it. Um, it was powerful. And I, I can't express enough of how important it is for people to, to find their community, to find a group of people that they can walk with. I, I've got some friends, children's ministry friends that I've met through conferences. Um, mm. And now conferences become a reunion for us we'll skip sessions and go hang out you know someplace and have some fun i know we're terrible um (laughs) but but that's what we do so um yeah so all right well let's let's dive into this last question because i think we got everybody gets it now find your community not just on facebook but find a group of people that you can do life with and and you can text or you could have a private Facebook group and and talk together or you mm-hmm. Zoom together, whatever you've got to do. Um, but yeah. I, it really is important. So just go invite somebody in your own town to have mm-hmm. coffee. If you don't have somebody too close, find some place in the middle and invite some people to come. Ask yeah. in the Kid Ministry Collective, who's around me? Um, we'll be glad to help you connect. So, mm-hmm. all right. This is a question I know you've blogged about. Um, And so I want to dive in on this for you, especially Um, Mm -hmm. I get asked this question and sometimes it drives me bonkers um, because people it it gets asked in every Facebook group at least once a week. Always Um, asking. And it's scary, honestly, but I'll, I'll explain why I'm afraid of it in, in, in later, but how do you choose curriculum? (laughs) <laughs> this is a this is a question that a lot of leaders want to know how do you how do you do that and how do you decide on on what you're at? well yeah let's start there how do you yeah. choose curriculum i that's a big you know, one but we're gonna have to summarize it. <laughs> it, it it is that it that is a big question and i did write a whole blog blog post on it uh because it, i i went through this trying to figure out what am i going to do how am i going to do this uh, it took me over a year to finally find a curriculum uh, and so there's there's a couple of questions that that I wrote this blog post. It's called the the four questions that you need when you're choosing your curriculum. Uh, the first thing you want to do is you want to find out does this agree with the doctrinal beliefs? Yes. There are, some, there are some curriculums that are written specifically by your denomination, and you can agree. You can yes, those are there. Uh, so you you can use those. In my experience, a lot of times those things 
are they don't have the excellence that's a part of them uh but they you know it's there and and so you can you can use that so first thing you want to do is find a doctrinal belief there's a lot of curriculum companies out there that they understand that they're doing multi-denominational stuff and so they're going to boil it down to the gospel you know to the gospel and to the here's the most important things so you want to read those things and try to figure out and you can ask questions of other people that use it uh other people that use that curriculum in the facebook groups we've talked about hey what did what did they say about this? And so, like for me, I'm Pentecostal. I'm assembly of God. So speaking in tongues is a part of my my faith. And so, usually, what I had to when I used orange, I had to say, okay, when it got to Acts two, let's talk about what that looks like. And it made it easy to to um, mm-hmm. to modify the thing and modify the lesson in order to line up to what, with what we believe as as Pentecostals. Uh, but I knew that going in. That that's what yeah. it is. So you want to ask right. yourself that question. Yep. The second thing is, the second thing is, does it line up with the mission, a mission vision of your church? The mission and vision of your church. This is this going to take you in the same place that you that your church wants to go? So, like for me, uh, when I first came into church number three, the pastor said he wanted me to uh, include small groups into what we were doing in children's ministry, and so I had to pick a curriculum that pushed us in that vision that had, okay, does it have small groups at all? And, and so how can I incorporate those small groups in there? And so I ended up using a high voltage kids ministry uh, because it, it allowed me to do large group and small group or either one. And as opposed to like orange, that's built around small groups only. And if it's it's small groups first, and so I couldn't do it in in places where I don't have the volunteers to do it. So you got to figure out how does this line up into your mission vision? That's good. Um, the next one is, does it fit into your kid's discipleship strategy? I'm sorry if I'm going too fast. I'm just trying nope, to. That's good. <laughs> going no. in there. Uh, You're good. Does it, Keep going. Does it, fit it, does it fit into your discipleship strategy? Um, and, and so the like, okay, how are we, is this going to accomplish what we want it to, comp, what, is this accomplishing what we want to accomplish? Are the goals, are right. the, is the scope and sequence available? Uh, is that scope and sequence the things that I want to teach? Is yeah. this a values-based curriculum? Is this a, a the whole Bible in a year curriculum? Is this what what is it? And right. is that what's important for my kids right now? And yes. a lot of times, what I'm talking about is like this is like the full package you're buying into a whole year. But there are other curriculums out there where it's not. It's like this is just a series, and that's okay. You know, you can just buy a series and just do do that mm-hmm. one strategy. But you got to make sure it fits into your overall strategy that you've t- taken down and figured out. Yes. Okay, this is where I'm trying to take my kids. Um, and the last question is, how much does it cost? Because <laughs> two things: one, you get what you pay for. Yeah. So uh, yep. I've gotten I the only one. Remember this deals. Remember this only one forty four deals. That was way back in the day. Uh, you had one hundred forty four hours to buy. You could buy this gigantic bundle of resources for one hundred forty four dollars. It was incredible. And so I got all these things from children's ministry deals, and it was like, oh yeah. my gosh, like three you know three years worth of curriculum. And then I started opening up and reading, and I was like, oh yeah, is, yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's just not. It's not great. Yeah. Uh, and But then like you can buy like these premium things. It's like this costs so much money. And <laughs> and it's like it's, it says it's ready for you. And then you get it and it's like, oh, no, it's not. 
there's right other things like there was this one curriculum i bought i bought it from north point i don't even think you can get it anymore uh but i bought i bought it from them and it was like cheap it was like a hundred bucks for curriculum which is a good deal for about eight weeks worth of curriculum sure Uh, and i was like hey this is great and i'm saving the church money and all that and then when i opened it up about two weeks before i'd already advertised and said this is what we're doing and i started to get into it i needed to spend (laughs) a thousand dollars on decor in order to pull it off correctly and it wasn't like can i opt out of this is like no these are like object lessons you have to do that incorporate in a thing and so it was way too late to back out yeah and so i had to go to my administrator it's like hey i gotta spend a thousand bucks like next week and they were like you gotta do (laughs) you know so uh, we pulled it off it was really fun we had a great time uh but the uh but you you go uh, when you go with it, it, figure out like, okay, not just like how much is, am I paying up front for this, but how much am I going to pay for materials and stuff to, in order to keep this going week after week? Yeah. So we're going to link that, that blog post in the show notes. So you'll have all five of those. If you happen to miss it, of course you can go back and replay what he was talking about. But ultimately my friends, if you're starting out in ministry or you're looking at it, don't just make it about. What is the simplest thing I can do? Mm-hmm. What's simple for my volunteers? What's low prep? Listen, um, take it from somebody who's been there, done that, and burned those shirts. <laughs> um, you don't want to wear those shirts. Your team doesn't want it. And honestly, it's not. When I'm looking at curriculum, one of the questions that I actually ask is, is this going to help my children move closer to Jesus Christ? Yeah. Is yeah. this going to help them to go deeper in their faith? you what the the five questions you laid out for for everybody are so huge mm-hmm. you got to know where you're going you got to know where you're leading. sure can you piecemeal things together sure but you better know where you're going or you're just going to be chasing your tail spiritually and you're yeah. going to wonder why your kids are a mile wide and an inch deep mm-hmm. um so I, I can't stress enough i'm please for the love of all that is wonderful don't just choose a curriculum because it's easy and low prep and cheap. If that's your cri- or cri- criteria for choosing, my advice is go flip burgers at McDonald's. You're not in the right mm-hmm. calling because mm-hmm. you're going to have to do the work. You're going to have to work the, any curriculum that's out there. Um, you're going to have to put your heart into it. You're going to have to put your soul into it. You're going to have to to think about why you want to do this for you, the children that are coming into your rooms so anyway, that, yeah. there's a whole nother episode that I really do want to dive into because I, I get on a soapbox a little bit. Every, every time somebody asks in a Facebook group, my first questions are, what's your end goal? Does it fit yeah. your doctrine and, and, and your, your theology? Um, because mm-hmm. not everything out there does. Um, and, and so be, yeah, anyway, okay, we got, I got to wrap up. So, uh, pull my <laughs> yeah, I string. Could, I could say a lot more on the curriculum, but yeah. Oh yeah, but, we could. And that's why I said, we'll have to come back and this will be it. That'll be another one of our Kidman basics podcast yeah. episodes. We'll, we'll dig into that one later. So, but I think those, these five questions are huge for, for leaders. And I hope you'll take a few minutes, my friends, and list, mm-hmm. look at these questions and I'll put them in the show notes. Um, but consider them for yourself and answer. How would you answer these questions? Uh, share with us in, in the, the kid ministry collective Facebook group. I would love to know, um, what are some of the things that you wonder about? And if you have a question you want David and I to tackle, 
um, we're willing to dive in um, from volunteers, healthy teams, healthy leaders, healthy ministries, basics, engaging parents. We're going to dive in on some of these topics because this is what we're blogging about. This is what we're uh, podcasting about right now. So, all right, my friend. Hey, that's going to wrap us up. Um, we we kept this one under an hour and and good under an hour. Look at so us. We're, we're I'm happy, um, but we're close. I feel <laughs> like I was talking at two times speed on that last question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. We we, we kind of buzzsawed that one a little, and but that yeah. but I knew we we're going to come back to it, so that's okay. So yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Again, if you haven't subscribed, if if, uh, we want you to do that, we'd love for you to leave a review um, and come join the Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group. If you do need help, check out kmccoach.net. We would be glad to talk to you, do a free 30-minute clarity call and help you answer some of the questions that you have. Um, Or if you're struggling with hurt and burnout, um, go check out restoringleaders.org. Um, there is a Restoring Leaders Facebook group. Um, again, we're going to be doing some live workshops there. There's going to be some live workshops coming up in the Kid Ministry Collective as well. So again, hey, that's going to wrap up this episode. So thanks for listening and stay tuned for another episode real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.